No part of this lecture may be reproduced in any form, even for personal use. Now the next paragraph, he teaches that even those who try to conceal their arrogance and behave like big sadikim, but eventually people will recognize that they keep their eyes open and they can see who they are. And here's a muscle. A man fills his apartment with hay. And nobody knows that his house is packed with hay. But little by little, the hay starts coming out from underneath the doors. You begin to see there is hay there. Same as with Oisho East. Act like a big honor in that Sadiq. What did he do, however? He spent a great deal of time on cursing the sages cursing the best people. Now, now they began to see that he is superior to everybody. Instead of making himself as he was just on off, and he mingled with the harlots, with the sinners. Among them, he said, they're the ones with whom I'm going to mingle to show how low he considered himself. From that place, he cursed the Chachamim and all the best people, and he called them in the worst names. So you see, actually, he cannot hide himself all the time. Sooner or later, the sword starts coming out from underneath the door. These proud people, although superficially, it seems that they can show themselves as humble ones, they wouldn't be lacking any stumbling block. They're stumbling block. They trip up now and then, and people can discover who they really are. Without their knowledge, their arrogance becomes revealed. Just like a flame that goes out between the pieces of clay. Let's say there's a fire burning, and the fire is covered with pieces of clay. So from a distance, you don't see the fire. If you look a little more closely, you can see tongues of flame licking out from between the pieces. Our sages gave a moshal of that. Moshal like a house full of hay. And it was, the house had certain holes. The holes around the windowsills, holes around the doors. And the hay that filled the house began to enter into these cracks and to stick out on the outside. After some days, the straw, the hay that was in these holes began to stick out into the street. Everybody recognized now that that house is full of hay. The same is here. They cannot always conceal themselves. And their evil thoughts are recognized from their deeds sooner or later in some way. But their way is by crooked humility and by deceptive weakness. Say that.
We're talking about various species of oligarchy. The Yemotsu, second paragraph. The Yemotsu Geyamachem, there are found other arrogant men, that the Gaiva remains buried in their hearts. Not like those who give themselves away by some outward act. They never carry it out in practice. But they think in their mind that they are already great Chachomim. They understand things fundamentally. They have a true understanding of things. And not many are as wise as they are. Therefore, they don't put their minds to what other people say. Because they think, if there's something that they don't understand, it's difficult for them, I'm sure it won't be easy for other people to, to solve. Whatever their cycle shows to them that it's a certain thing, a certain way, is so clear to them, is so simple, that they don't worry about anybody who differs with them. Even great ones of the past or the great ones of today. There's no doubt about them on their swara. Now this you have to know does not apply only to people who are learned. On the contrary, among the most ignorant people you'll find that they're in this class. They know, they understand. Others don't understand. And therefore, you can't tell me anything. That's the idea. Not because you learn. Many of them never read a, hard, a book with a hard cover. Never had a safer. However, since they were little children, they began to think that way. All little children think they know everything, but they never grew out of it, and they still think that the whole world is inferior to them in understanding things. Set that aside. Now he sums up. Call Ayla told us Agava. All these are the results of Gava. It turns Chachomim backwards. It means even Chachomim, fools, surely, are ruined by it. But Chachomim also are turned back by their guidance. And it makes foolish their minds. It turns away their heart, I mean their minds, their thoughts, of even the top wise men. Now that's important to know. Even the wisest of men can be nichshol and gaivin, just like the most foolish people. And surely, Talmidim shaloshim shakol sorkam, who didn't serve their, their rabbis to learn enough, they surely will be deceived by gaivin. As soon as their eyes open up, like little chickens that come out of the egg, in their mind, the greatest Chachamim are no more than equal to them. But he's telling us that this is more frequent in less learned people. And therefore, the less learned a person is, the more he has to be afraid that he is subject to Gaiva. But even the most learned people can also be tripped up by Gaiva, and some have been ruined. 
and all of them, the Pazi says, Tayavas Hashem called Hashem abominates all those who are proud of heart. From all of these, a person must purify himself if he desires that meter called Nikias, which we're studying now, and this chapter is called Nikias Purity. Say that aside. The Yeda the Yavim. Every person should know, should understand, to Mamish. Pride. Arrogance is nothing but blindness. A man's mind does not see his own faults. It doesn't recognize how unimportant he is. If he were able to see, if he could recognize the truth, he would turn away and distance himself from all these wicked and ruined ways are a great distance. It's only because of blindness that people are led astray and they travel in these paths that lead them to the biggest errors. We shall speak about this more with the help of Hashem, when we come to the Mid-Anova, it's a separate chapter. Anova is a madrega of perfection, humility, and they'll speak more about this subject. Because of the great difficulty there is in trying to acquire Anova, he's telling us, to be an Anova is not easy. Now the difference. A Balgaive is one thing, and Onav is something else. A person cannot be a Balgaive, but not an Onav either. So now he speaks about Gaive when he's talking to us on a lower scale. And later, when we'll be climbing up the ladder of perfection, and we'll come to Anova, let's speak about it on a higher level. Like the Pinchas Benyoya said, that Torah brings to Sehira, Sehira brings to Zrizus, and so on, and Anova is near the top of the, of the ladder. So that's really a big achievement, like Vesha Abeno achieved Anova. So we have to make that big distinction now. A person has to work on Gaiva, even though he's not a great man. And in order to attain Anova, which he should also work on, however, that's going to be only after a great deal of effort, that's near the top of the ladder. Say that. Let me change the subject. Now we'll speak about anger and various degrees of cast. In the Yesh or there is such a person. Ragza means a person who gets excited and angry. Sheomr Olov, they said about him, call Akayas. Anyone who becomes angry is as if he was worshipping idols. Now that's already a very extreme form when a person loses control of his mind and he does things that are the opposite of common sense. Therefore, just like an idol worshipper doesn't listen anymore to what Hashem wrote in his Torah, 
So this person doesn't listen to Hashem either. And he goes and does things that are against the Torah just because of his caste. It's a person who becomes angry whenever something is done against his will and he comes full of wrath. His mind is no longer with him. Like the man who attacks his wife and knocked her down and beat her up. It happened already with one man. I know. That man went out of his head. He's like an idol worshiper. He's no longer a Jew when he did that. Of course, he came back to his sehel later. He made him a sorry. But he ruined the whole marriage. The wife left him immediately, forever. Now, that man worshipped idols at that time because he threw off all obedience to Hashem in that time when he lost his temper. And his wisdom became spoiled with foolishness. This man can ruin the entire world. If the power be in his hand, for this boy, he would be a king. And a king who has a temper like that can ruin entire cities. He can give a decree to destroy cities and provinces. Because the mind had no control over him. Now this man is held guilty as if he had killed multitudes. The fact that he didn't was not his credit, but he didn't have power. But had he had power to kill multitudes, he would have done it. That's what Imara says. If a person is mortal, he puts too much fear of him in his house, he's like he killed thousands and thousands of people. You must have that. Like the Pelagish Begiva, that lady who became angry at his wife, and she ran out of the house because of him at night time. In the morning he found her dead near the door because some bums had molested her. So what did he do in his anger? He cut up the body and he sent a piece to each one of the sons head and of the twelve Shvatim and he made them so excited that a war arose between the oldest Shvatim and Binyamin where this happened. And 75,000 people fell dead in that war. And this man is the one that did it. So that anger caused 75,000 people to die. So he was there anybody who is angry like that is as if he had shed blood of thousands of people. He would do it if he had the power to do it. Who saw Tam Mamish and he loses his reason entirely, Shehola Chayas they're all the wild animals, wild beasts. He mamish like a wild beast and there's nothing that can control him because that's his nature now to be a beast. All of them, and it says about him, A man tears his soul by his own, in his anger. He destroys his soul in his anger. So we say, Is it because of you that the world should be forsaken? You want to destroy the world? He would destroy the world if he could in his anger. Later he could be sorry. But in a moment of his anger, if he had the power, he would destroy everything. And he's given credit as if he did it. He's blamed now for what he could have done if he had the power. For who called Rabbi Lava Komina Veshwell? And it's very easy for such a man to transgress all the sins in the world. In Hamasa to Elohim, if his anger will bring him to it. Because he has no other motivation except his anger. 
Wherever the anger will lead him, that's where he'll go. That's the first degree, the extreme degree. And that happens, of course, not too rarely either. And that man is considered as if he worshipped idols. What is idolatry? Idolatry is, he throws away all allegiance to Hashem. I suppose a person worshipped an idol in a moment, the next moment he's sorry, it's too late, he's put to death for that moment of idolatry. And therefore this person can't say it was just one moment I lost control. By losing control of himself, he forsook Hashem at that moment entirely, and he has the penalty of an idol worshiper. Say that. Paragraph. <coughs> For the last, the Yesh is talking about the various degrees of people with angry tempers. The Yesh Kasim means there's someone who is far away from this previous one who is so extreme, for who, Shalo Al Koldova, Asher Yavoehu. His anger won't speak kindled against anything that happens against his will, even if it's a small thing now. But when it does happen, that there's something that does arouse his anger, he comes excited and becomes very angry. Now, the previous one is a person who is always excited about everything. Now, this man, in general, is able to maintain his temper. But when something happens that does make him angry, he gets out of control. They call this It's a man who is difficult to make him angry, but once he gets angry, it's difficult to quiet him down. The Gamzeh Rabad, as surely a evil quality. But it's possible that a great mishap, misfortune, can come as a result. This Manakas, at that time when he is out of control. Even though it would happen rarely, but when it does happen, this man is already no longer under the control of his mind, then great tragedies could happen at that time. And afterwards, he won't be able to repair the harm that he caused. Say that aside. There's another one who was less than the previous. He doesn't become angry easily. And even he does become angry, it's only in a mild form. He won't go off the path of reason. Ah! But as a man who keeps the cast in his heart, as a man to whom it rankles, he still feels the fire of his anger inside of him, even though he doesn't do anything.
Hine is a rochek min ahesed yesem el ashem is a harem. It's further away from harm than the previous ones that we mentioned. Avagam is those, and still, vadai shilohigi alias notin. They consider the man who is pure of the quality of a kas. Kiafil zohir enadain. You're not even considered a man who is careful with kas. Kizohir is a lower degree. And Noki is a higher degree. So not only not a Noki, not even not a Zohir. Ki'ad she'akas o'yisa be'roshem o'yosem e'klal kas. As long as a kas leaves an impression on him that he continues to be full of resentment, then he's still called a kas. Even though he doesn't show it or doesn't do anything violent. Say that. V'yesh o't pochaz mezeh. There's another one still less than this one. It's a man who is difficult to make angry. And when he does become angry, it doesn't do anything extreme, only a small amount of anger. It angered only a moment and it passes by. From the time that the chaos is aroused in him naturally until the time that his mind reacts with reason to calm himself, a very short space of time elapses. That's what Rahman praised the man like that. It's difficult to make him angry, and it's easy for him to become appeased. I mean, he appeases himself easily, because he uses his mind, and he erases the anger quickly. This is certainly is a good portion for a person to possess. It's a man's nature to be stirred up to anger. In whom is if he able to overcome it, that even at the time when the anger is in him, it doesn't express itself in any strong way. And he controls himself that even that small cast should not persist for any long time. But it should as soon as possible, it should disappear from his mind. It's certain that this man deserves praise. The almost of Hebrew Rocha is said about him, causes the world to hang on nothing. The world doesn't hang on anything. But the Chachom has said, the word Blima means something else. Blima means to close, boil him. The world hangs on the merit of those who keep their mouths closed even when you're angry. The merit of keeping your mouth closed even when you're angry is such a great merit that that protects the world. The world hangs by that merit. A person can close his mouth at a time when there's a quarrel. Let's say somebody says something to him, whether it's uh, people in the street or his wife or anybody else, and he has a certain feeling of resentment, but he quickly overcomes it, 
doesn't say anything and erases it from his heart, that that's the man whose merit holds up the world. I knew she called this uh, His nature was stirred up to chaos. Something happened that would have justified a reaction on his part. But he, when he overcame it by his free will, and he kept his mouth closed, that's the man who Akkadish Baruch says, for him I'm going to protect the world. Say that. If that's going to be the merit of the man who is able to overcome his instinct to anger, that Akkadish Baruch says, the world is supported by his merit, that you can understand how much merit will redound to himself. It means he's a very great achievement for himself. So when a person feels that he's been wronged and is able to be quiet about it and to erase it from his mind, that man gains extremely great profits for himself. He has gained a very great merit that I call his brother is going to bless him as a result because the whole world is blessed because of his act. He surely will receive a great benefit from this. Again, the same paragraph. The character trait of Hillel Azokin was superior to all the previous Madrigas. Before we mention that there's a man who, when the caste was stirred within him, he tried as soon as possible to quench it, to erase it. But here, he trained himself not to have any hakpoda to be displeased with anything. He trained himself that his reaction should never be with resentment. And even the first stirring of caste did not take place in him. Now that means a result of years of labor on training himself. So we see that Hitler considered it worth spending time <coughs> and effort on this goal because that's called Nikias. We say, Bar He's pure of heart. And to be pure means as much as possible. And Hillel attained that Madrege. That's a person is entirely successful in acquiring the keys in Kaz. In the Afilu Ledvar Mitzvah, even when it's a matter of a mitzvah, when we have to oppose somebody who's not doing what's right, we're commanded not to lose our temper. Now, it doesn't mean we shouldn't react. Sometimes you have to react forcefully and violently, but not to lose control of yourself. Sometimes a rav must rebuke a Talmud. We are all in a father must rebuke a son. Doesn't mean that the father should not chastise his son. No. Certainly he should chastise them. Whatever necessary is for their good, that the father will even punish them. 
Achmibli Kas. What he should try to do without Kas. He should act like an impartial judge. Now he could show a face of a Kas. It's called Kas Haponim. Below Kas Alei. Sometimes it's necessary to show a face of anger. But at the same time, he has to be on guard that his outwardliness should not bestow his inwardliness. And despite his outward appearance of a cast, inside he remains calm and impassioned. He's only doing it to lead his son or his Talmud in the right path. Not because he wants to relieve his feelings by being angry. The Akash, the the cast that he does show to them, the cast upon the cast away. Only cast of the face and not cast in the mind. <coughs> and we have to know, whoever <coughs> says, the yikts of Moshe, Moshe was angry, impossible that Moshe Rabbeinu lost control and became angry. No. He demonstrated cast. He didn't feel any kind of his errors at all. He certainly as much as he will. Vayikshev Moshe al pekude achayel, or Vayikshev Moshe again and again in the Torah, it was only to demonstrate kas in order to frighten the people into doing what was right. The Omar Shleime al tevahel beruch acholiches. Do not be hurry, do not be in haste with your spirit to become angry. And don't allow yourself to be hurtful into anger suddenly. rests in the lap of the fools. It means among fools, Kaz is always present. But a wise man makes it his business that Kaz only comes rarely. He doesn't hurry to become in Kaz. We always tell the story of Simcha Zizel had a special hat that he kept on his shelf. And when he wanted to be in Kaas, he took off his own hat and put it on the shelf. The hat, the hat was on the shelf with his Kaas hat. So he never became in Kaas unless he changed his hat first. Anger kills the fool. Many people, many people have died because of attacks caused by anger. Anger has killed very many people. Heart attacks and even other illnesses of the body are aggravated seriously by caste and sometimes people faint and have shocks because of the caste and therefore since caste can kill a person can make a person ill he should always keep in mind that he's doing himself a benefit by restraining his caste that's one of the psychologists more wants us to learn we should always know that for our health it's better not to become angry. You can recognize a man in three signs, in three ways. Because when he is inebriated, when a man takes some liquor, then he reveals who he really is. Let's say, flumes juice when they're drunk, they fall upon each other and kiss each other. Going when they're drunk, they fall upon each other, they don't kiss each other. Bikiso, in money matters, when a person is being tested in money matters, he loses his control because he wants 
to save himself a certain expense when he's told it will cost him a certain amount of money he goes out of his kalim and he reveals who he is and be casa a man's cast reveals who a man is so you can know a man by these three things but then he takes off his external begotten of politeness and decency and he shows who he is and therefore a really good man is a man who doesn't show anything about his cast because even at a time when he should have gotten any cast he restrains himself say that but now you might ask didn't we learn on Moshe Rabbeinu when he was angry it said because of his anger he fell into an error he must understand the shot has to be learned differently Moshe Rabbeinu was much superior to Hillel and he didn't become a Kaz. But because he showed Kaz, so Akkadish Bora wanted to teach the world a lesson. So he caused Mesha Rabbeinu to overlook a certain fact in Londis. To forget a certain fact. Not because of Kaz, he didn't have Kaz. But because he showed Kaz, so Akkadish Bora caused him to forget a certain thing. And now we learn, one who comes to Kaz will overlook certain things and make errors. But Mishra Rabbeinu would never have made an error because he didn't become any cars. He only was showing cars. Only Akkadish Boy utilized that opportunity to teach a lesson that cars causes errors. That's how to understand the story of Mishra Rabbeinu because it's impossible even to think a moment that Mishra Rabbeinu entertains cars. Now, we're starting here, Midas. We see the Mechaba here puts great emphasis on character traits. Now, he said before, before he mentioned, even though the person never did anything wrong as a result of his meters, the mere fact that he has wrong meters already was a lack of purity in service of Hashem. Why? Because the thoughts that a person thinks are very important to our Kodesh Baruch. Not only what you speak, also what you think. And what you think is affected by your meters. So a person with faulty meters has all kinds of faulty ideas in his head. He can have hostility to people and all kinds of ideas of guided, even though he doesn't say it and doesn't show it. Nevertheless, Hashem sees into a man's heart, and therefore this man is not really an Oved Hashem with Nikias, of course, it's a very good thing if he doesn't do anything wrong. But now we're learning that Midas is a separate department of Oved Hashem. Like the Amr says in Hilchus Shiva, Midas are even worse, he said, than Maisim. Maisim can only be done at certain times. Midas can operate always. A person is always thinking. And therefore, all his life, a person can be a corrupt person in his mind even though for a certain reason, like he's afraid, wants to maintain his exteriority, maintain his good name, is careful, but inwardly, he's constantly sinning with wrong meters. And therefore, meters is a very important subject. And the Mechaber is spending a great deal of time on the subject of Nikias, so becoming pure as much as possible in the meat of Nikias. Pay tests like in Tov. First paragraph, Hakino.
But before we begin, the midah, the emotion of jealousy, was implanted by HaKadosh Baruch Hu for a valuable purpose, that men should be jealous of all the good things that other people do. And they should try, therefore, to emulate others, or even to outdo them. So if a person is kind-hearted, you try to be jealous of him. The person is Oyed Hashem, you're jealous of him. That's what it's for. But to use jealousy in order to become an enemy of that person, or to try to belittle him, that's misusing that midah. Now, Jealousy is nothing but a lack of understanding and its foolishness. The jealousy accomplishes nothing for himself. I mean, this form of jealousy will accomplish nothing for him. He wants to downgrade somebody else and to have hostility to somebody just because that person has something he doesn't have that won't do any benefits for him. And he can't harm the other person by his jealousy. Yes, he can harm him in other ways, but not by his jealousy. He's harming himself. Jealousy is a harm for the person. Not only it's a harm for his neshama, but it's a harm for his physical body. It's a harm for his health. Jealousy causes serious illness. Jealousy kills a fool. People die of jealousy. It's known. People acquired cancer because of jealousy. And they died. There some people who are so foolish in this matter. If he sees anything good or any benefit that somebody possesses, he becomes disturbed within himself. He worries and he has distress. That's a more extreme form of jealousy. He's actually upset when he sees that somebody is better off or in some ways is superior to him. Even the benefits that he does enjoy do not cause him any pleasure anymore. Let's say he has certain benefits. Maybe the other doesn't have. Let's say he's a rich man who has no children. But he's so jealous of the rich man that he doesn't think how lucky I am. I have children. I'm better off than he is. The rich man has, let's say, a more expensive car. But he has to, when he gets out, he walks with a cane. And I built it one without a cane. So he overlooks his benefits in which he may be even superior because his disturbance of his mind causes him to be so unhappy that nothing that he possesses can mean anything to him. Because of the distress, or what he sees in the possession of someone else. And he quotes 
the wise one said initially, Jealousy is a rot in the bones. It causes the bones to rot. Now that means physically too. A person becomes unwell because of jealousy, and very many people are suffering physically just because of that. Others don't have such pain and such distress. Yet, they feel a certain dissatisfaction. Or at least, they cool off. They feel the coldness in them. When you see anybody who ascends a little higher in one detail, unless he's one of the friends to whom you are most attached. It's possible that you don't mind. And certainly, if it's somebody that you don't have much love for him, means you have a certain animosity, certainly the kina causes you to be distressed. And certainly if there's a stranger who came from elsewhere and you say, well, this stranger is not one of us and look, he has this and this that we don't possess. You'll see that with their mouths it may be they'll say words as if they are congratulating that person. Or they're happy with his benefit that he has. But their heart is weak within them. That happens usually to most people. Now he wants us to know that he's not talking about exceptional cases. This is what usually happens to almost everybody. All it may not be a man of this extreme kina that he mentioned above, but they're not pure entirely. Now he's talking in this chapter of the key, the purity of character. Certainly, if somebody of the same profession or the same business is succeeding, that hurts him even more. Shikvor called Umen Sonny the Chavez, a statement. Every professional man or every artisan has a hostility to his competitors. And people dislike their competitors automatically. And when they see within them something, anything that arouses their jealousy, it disturbs them very much. And surely, if you see a competitor succeeding more than you are, there's no question that you are guilty of kin. Say that. Now again, it's necessary to repeat what we said before, yesterday, that this is not talking about people 
who because of this midah that they have are going to speak against them because that's Lashon Hora or make Lashonas but these are Chatoim and he's not dealing with Chatoim that's in the previous parts when he talked about Zahiras avoiding Chatoim or Machlekes or any other acts these are people who don't do any act at all but the Libom Ra Lohem Bekirbom their thoughts are affected by the Amidas and thinking thoughts of sinner, thoughts of kinner, thoughts of how to belittle somebody, thoughts of let's honest, even though you don't do anything or say anything, the thoughts are also very important. But our college brother who sees the thoughts. As a person lives all his life, let's say, and he's careful never to say one word of Russian Hara of the sonnets against anyone whom he envies, that doesn't make him a noki. He's very far from being pure in character. We say, pure of heart, is a man who is able to remove even from his thoughts this attitude. That's what he's working on in this pedic. This pedic is a pedic of Nikias. And therefore it's important to understand that it's not a matter of not doing the wrong acts, it's a matter of making sure that the thoughts are pure thoughts. Bottom paragraph. on the middle, which he started before, called Kino, to be envious of other people. Omnam. But, Lu Yodu, the Lu Yodu, if people would understand, Ki ein odom no geya bimuchan achavera afilakimunenira. No one can even touch what was prepared for his fellow man and deduct from him even a hair's breadth. The fact that somebody has something does not mean that it's going to be diminished from you. A competitor, if you see how he's succeeding, it doesn't mean he's taking away from you. Everything is only from Hashem. According to his wondrous wisdom, I mean wondrous means, he does it in ways that are miraculous and ways that are not known to us. But everything is allotted to a person in a certain measure. And he should not think that what somebody has is encroaching on what he was supposed to get. If they understood that, they wouldn't have any reason to be distressed at all when they see the success of the other people. That's what the Novi foretold for the future. That people will have wisdom to understand that nobody can take away what belongs to you. Shalaman, Tihiyeh, Tovas, Yisrael, in order 
that the benefit that Hashem will give to Yisrael should be a perfect benefit. Yagdim HaKadosh Baruch Hu L'Hoshim Yilvavein Amid will first remove from our hearts this shameful quality of kin. I mean, without getting rid of the kin, nobody can ever be happy. As long as there's envy in the world, nobody can ever be happy. Because you're always looking at what somebody else has. And it's impossible to be satisfied, even though you have plenty of your own. But looking at someone else makes you feel that you would like to have that too. And therefore, in order that the Yisrael should have full happiness in the time to come, the Mesah Mashiach, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, is going to get rid of this quality of envy. Otherwise, it cannot be happiness. Then there won't be any distress for a person when he sees the happiness of another person. And also a person who will have success will not find it necessary to conceal himself and his work and his things from somebody else. Today, you have to make sure the people don't know if you're making money, don't speak too much, how successful you are, how happy you are, how healthy you are. You have to tone it down because people immediately become jealous of you, whatever it is. Whatever you'll say, our beautiful children, they'll be jealous of you. You succeed in the learning, they'll be jealous of you. And therefore, nobody will find it necessary to conceal these things. He won't boast, but he won't find it necessary to hide himself. The jealousy of Ephraim will depart, because Ephraim and Yehuda were always envious of each other. Ephraim at first had the power of Yehoshua, and the Shiloh was a Mishkan that was in the land of Ephraim, and later David and Yehuda took over the power, and uh, basically was built in Yerushalayim. So therefore they had a certain hostility as if one took away from the other. She said, with sorrow, kina sefraim, the envy of Ephraim will depart. With sorrow, and those who are enemies of Yehuda will be cut off. I mean, they'll stop being enemies of Yehuda. Ephraim will be kani as Yehuda, Yehuda will be kani as Ephraim. And Yehuda won't be the enemy of Ephraim. That's what caused the tense for him to split off. Because the other men that lot to shave at Ephraim was envious of Shlomai, who ruled over Am Yisrael, he broke off, and that caused subsequently the Chulton Beis English. So therefore, Klosed Lave, it won't be possible to have any real happiness until our Kodesh Baruch Hu abolishes this meter of jealousy. That will be the peace and the tranquility which only the Malachim now possess. They all rejoice in the service of Hashem, each, each, each one on his place. Although each mother does a different kind of service, they don't envy each other. And no one envies the other one at all. They all know the truth. And they rejoice on the happiness that they possess. And they're happy with what they have. Say that aside. And now he begins 
the measure of lust, of desiring things. But here you can see, A sister of envy is lust and desire for various things. That is what causes a man's mind to be wearied until he dies. Trying to get possession. A person, when he dies, will never attain even half of what he desires. The main elements of Taibet, now then, remember, no, many elements of Taibet, all kinds of desires and lusts, but the one that's most prevalent is desire for wealth, for money. Desire for glory, for honor. These two are the ones that are most troublesome. Now they're all troublesome. But these two are the most troublesome. Both together are very harmful. And it causes a man many troubles in his life. The desire for money and the desire for glory. Say that. The desire for money, he who is sellers also be master That ties him in the bonds of this world. And it puts the heavy ropes of labor and busyness on his arms. Means his arms are tied with these things all his life. One who loves money will never be satiated, will never have enough money. And that turns them away from the service of Hashem. How many times Tilus go lost because of a man's occupation with his money? How many mistress were forgotten by him? Because the multitude of his business and the labor of his merchandise. And cause again a surely he loses out in Talmud and learning Torah. In learning Torah, he surely loses out. The Torah is not across the sea. What does that mean, across the sea? Those who cross the seas for business. Those who travel for business, they won't succeed in learning Torah because they have no time. Those who spend a great deal of time and effort on business will not become wise in the knowledge of Torah. And also puts him into many positions of peril of his life. Many times his health is endangered because he's so busy. And it weakens his strength with all the worries that business brings with it. Even after he acquired very much money, he's still loaded down with worries about his property. 
more property you have, the more worries you have. And worries cause breakdown in health. And many times it causes a person to transgress the laws of the Torah. And even those dinim of the Torah that are understandable, that are natural, even these he transgresses sometimes. These of Yerusha and common sense halachas, he also transgresses because he's enslaved to business. Say that. In the previous paragraph, he spoke about the desire for money and how that can control a person's thoughts and also his actions to a big extent. And now he said, but Yisrael, that is still bigger than that, is Chem de the desire for glory, for honor, for recognition. It is possible that this man could control his inclination for money or other forms of pleasures. But honor, that's the most pressing of all urges. It's impossible for him to tolerate and to see that he should be less than other people in honor. And because of this, many people stumbled and went lost. Now he's telling us one of the very important secrets of human nature that many people are not aware that the desire for honor is one of the most ruinous urges that have caused trouble in people's lives. In a Yerobe man of us, a great man, very great Talmud Chochem, and also a Kanoi, he took up in honor of Hashem, and he was bold enough to protest against Shlomo Amalek when Shlomo wed the daughter of Pilate. He was driven out of Elam Habo only because of the desire for glory. Who am I according to Reina Lacha? Hashem sees hold of the garments of the Rahim. It means figurative Hashem try to persuade him to hold back. Yehovah, you know, broke off the ten shvatim and decreed that they should not visit the Beis Hamikdash anymore. So for a long time, nobody came from Asher to the Beis Hamikdash anymore, even the shoulders were going. Didn't bring any kolbanis anymore from from the Asher Sashvatim. So Hakadosh Baruch sees the Rovim by his garment. And Hashem said to him, "Chazoboch, come back. Ani, the Ato, or Ben Yishai, the Tael Ganid. You and I 
and Ben Yishai, that's Dovis, descendants, will all spend time together in Ganeda. Mizrahom was a great man, and he could have been in the company of the best in Ganeda had he relented and had gone back. Omelo, so Yeroban said to Akkadish Baruch he said, you and I and Ben Yishai, me Barosh, who will be first, I or Ben Yishai? Omelo said, Ben Yishai Barosh, Ben Yishai will come first, and see the David or David's descendants. Omelo, so Yeroban said, Yehochi, if so, Logan, I don't want. Now this is figuratively. Actually, Yehovim could have remained the king of the ten Shvatim, and he could have sent the people to the Erla Regal three times a year and to bring their Kalbonis, whatever they were obliged to bring in the base of English. And Yehovim would have been honored by Hashem because when he was king of the ten Shvatim, he had done it with a license it was his reward for being such a big Hanoi who protested against Lehman. And he would have had one of the first places in Ghana. But Yerobim had in mind that he would have to come together with the people three times a year to the base of Megdish in Yerushalayim. And he would have to stand in the Azorah. But in the Azorah, the only one person had permission to sit on his chair, and that was the family of Beis David. And that burned him up. I should have to stand, and he from that family, that I condemned them for doing wrong, he should sit on the throne in the Azorah while I'm standing, and therefore Yehovah made a decree, no one should go to Yerushalayim at all. And that's how he was able to avoid the embarrassment of having somebody sitting on the throne where he has to stand. And he lost his Olam Habor because of that. Say that aside. Mi Goram Lekerach Sheyevahu Cholodosimah Who caused Kerach to go lost? And the whole congregation has followed him, went lost with him. Because of honor, glory. He wanted to have the glory of being a Kohen, not merely a Levi. And that caused him to make a machlekes against Meshach Rabbeinu. And that caused him to lose his Olam Habon. O mikro molehu, as an open pasik, ubi kashtem gam kahuna, are you seeking also to become a Kohen, not satisfied by being elevated as a Levi? They told this to us. He calls their nimsha. Why did all this happen? Because he saw Elisofen ben Uziel was a nasi. Who is who nasi? He wanted to be the nasi. And that caused, according to the opinion of the Chachamim, 
That's why the Maragrian issued a slander against Aras Yisrael. The Gormu misolahim They caused death to themselves and the whole generation. It means a great number of people perished at that time. Why did they want to foil the plan to go to Aras Yisrael? But they were afraid lest their honor would be lessened when they entered Israel. Now, in the Midbar, it was like a camp, and they had a certain official status. But when the people come to Israel and they'll scatter all over the land, so they won't be in office anymore. Then the people in the various neighborhoods will have different rulers, or the leaders that judge them. So they thought, we're better off in the Midbar, where we have the power. And therefore, that was the reason that caused the great disaster of the Maragam. Say that. They were afraid that when he would come into the land, they would no longer be the leaders of Israel. And others would take their place. Why did Shul begin to have a hostility to David, only because of glory. Shenema, when David killed Goliath, so the women chanted a certain song. The women who were celebrating spoke up and they said, He smote his thousands of the enemy. The David, the David smote tens of thousands. When Shaul heard that, he was a hero of the people until now. By he, Shaul, Oyen is David, From that day on, David, Shaul looked with an eye of hostility against David. And he began to suspect David of being a future usurper, but only because of the covet that someone else was having, and he wanted to be the leader, the hero of his people. Say that aside. What caused Yoyav to put Amosa to death? Amosa was the leader of Shoal's army. And at first, after Shoal passed away, the Aseras Hashvatim were not friendly towards David. But Amosa, the general of the Aseras Hashwatim, made peace and he brought over the Aseras Hashwatim, they should be obedient to David. So now David had a united nation due to the good services of Amosa. But Yoyov, who had been David's general until now, was jealous that Amosa might become David's favorite general instead of Yoyov. And he killed Amos with some kind of an excuse. And therefore, it was only because of COVID that he did that act. He said, Kodovid said to Amosel, You're going to be my general all the years. In gratitude for bringing over the ten Shvatim to me, David had promised Amosel he'd make him the general. And when Yoav heard that, until now, he had been David's chief general, so therefore he couldn't tolerate that. 
Now he has some kind of an excuse that I'm also had slain his younger brother, younger brother Yev, in battle when they were fighting previously on the show. However, the Gemara explains that he still wouldn't have taken revenge if not for the fact that he was jealous of him. About the fact, by the way, this, as you have to know, is not merely cases of history. It's a case of everyday life. That's what causes most of the trouble in, even in from congregations, among from people, everywhere. This is the most disturbing element of all, the desire. Who is going to be more important? And that does not let people rest, even though people are willing to yield other things. When it comes to importance, that causes machlekes. People go away from shuls because of that. They want to get more honor. They sell to other people. When they come to elections, elections in the synagogues, to sahmaisen. People fight over the elections. Each one wants to be something. And therefore, he's warning us that we should take this to heart. And that's why he brings so many examples. Say that inside. Now he spent some time on the middle of COVID, which he considers one of the most serious obstacles. Kalole Shaldava. He sums up. HaKovet hu ha-derchik esharei va-odam v'yoyser mikol ha-chukis ha-chem The desire for glory presses a man's mind more than all the desires and the lusts in the world. Now that has to be explained why that is so. Abenu Sajir Gohan explains in Munis Vedeus that the Bure made covet for the purpose that people should aspire to become as great as they could be. And therefore it states Elikim made a man right. Only these great instincts, if they are misused, can become very great obstacles. Now because our Kodesh Bola wanted people to spend their lives in making progress, coming closer and closer to him, and resembling him more and more, therefore the covet is the dynamo that drives them. The true covet is in the next world, when HaKadosh Baruch Hu honors those people who succeeded. That's the real covet. But people don't know that. They think the covet of this world is what they're looking for. Actually, the instinct means the next world. But because it's the most fundamental drive in a person's nature, that's why it can become the most ruinous of all things in a man's character. If not recovered, a person would be satisfied to eat whatever he could eat. He wouldn't look for luxuries, because these luxuries are not merely because he wants to have gourmet foods. He thinks that he is important enough to deserve a more luxurious table. He be satisfied to clothe himself enough to cover his nakedness, or this can be biased, 
to live in a house that's only sufficient to protect him from the misfortunes like rain, snow, or maybe from uh, outsiders. He has a house that he can lock the door. That's enough. And therefore his livelihood would be easy for him because he's not interested in putting out a big front and competing with other people and making a show how important he is. He wouldn't need to labor to make himself wealthy at all. But in order not to see himself less than somebody else, he brings himself into the inside of this heavy beam. Like you push yourself into a beam. That's the most worst thing you can do, to push your face into a beam. And that's what he does. He pushes his face into the thickness of this beam. And there's no end to all of his toil. Chapter here. Now, he's not telling us we should extinguish this instinct within us. Because it must be utilized in order to achieve the purposes of life to make oneself as excellent as able to become. Become, that's a bigger tzaddik, a bigger Baal Gemel Chesed, a bigger Baal Torah. Certainly we need covet. But if it would be limited only to the best purposes, then a person could live a much easier life. Because the desire to become a big London doesn't kill people. The desire to become a big tzaddik wouldn't wear them out. It's a good thing, it'll help them. But the desire for covet actually kills people and wears them out and brings them into trouble. That's envy, and the desire for certain things that people want. They are covet and desire for glory. Take man out of this world and out of the next world. And he admonished us, Do not see greatness. And do not lust for glory. And he explains, How many people, this you see today too, how many people are afflicted with hunger because they don't want to go to work? It's passing it. It's some people feel they need a dignity to work. And they lower themselves to be supported from Zokia. Today in Yerushalayim, for instance, there's another reason there because they can't work. Once they work, so the government will draft them. So they have to act like the Malamadin or like the Kettle people. But in addition, there is established an attitude that if you work, you're a low character. It's only a man that doesn't work is a respectable person. And that's a terrible thing. Once that attitude is established that being a worker means you're a lower type of person, then people suffer from that. Their families suffer. They're willing to become sick. They have no money to support themselves, take care of their health. As long as they maintain their status that they are non-workers, they lower themselves. 
כי הוא בסיפור השם צ'לסי. ולא יסעסקו במלאכה. And they don't want to engage in any works. Shalotiyah mechubedes be'elim, which is not honorable. If it's chinuch, let's say, maybe. If it could become rabboni, maybe. Or shishivas, maybe. But if they can't be that, then they consider any kind of work as a bezoyim, and is beneath their dignity. Mi'yorosom p'enyimat k'edim, because they're afraid, lest their honor will be diminished by work. Hayesh l'chohelelus gadol mezeh, is that a wildness, a madness more than that? It's a madness to look down on works and to suffer. So here's a man, opened a little shtibble, he had nobody comes there, but he suffers poverty, and he hopes maybe somebody will come and support him, as long as he can maintain his status that he is a robin or a rebbe in a shtibble. Almost nobody comes there, he's very poor, and sometimes he calls up people that he knows and asks, can you help me out? And people give him charity, and this man, who could have done something, but he'll never do anything, which would mean stepping beneath what he considers an honorable profession. Say that inside. Now, not only are they willing to suffer poverty and to accept charity, but they prefer idleness. That brings to depression. They become actually mentally unbalanced because of depression. Will lead to and to immorality. When people have time on their hands, they fall into immorality. I can tell you stories about that too. Will lead to gazel and robbery. They start doing illegal things to defraud people of money. Will they call goofy abyss and all other forms of sins. Just because Shalola Hashpil Malos and not to lower their greatness, and not to cause scorn for their imaginary glory. Say that inside. But our sages, who taught us, and they led us always in the ways of truth, in the path of truth, Amade said, Love work, and hate mastery. That doesn't mean rabonus. Hate glory. Just to show that you're an important personality, no. You should love to do work. Better that you should skin dead animals on the street. Now, when an animal dies on the street, and you call in this man to skin it, it's an unpleasant kind of tamasa. But he said, better do that, rather than you should live in idleness and accept charity from other people. Look him and don't say, I'm a great man, I'm a koyan, and so on, and it's beneath my dignity to do a tamasa like skinning dead animals. A man should always do work, even though it's a strange kind of work for him. I mean, it's beneath his dignity. And he shouldn't need help from people. A man should avoid a situation where he needs people to support him. No part of this lecture may be reproduced in any form, even for personal use.